Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the overlap. Um, I'm just fired up. I don't know. That's like most psyched I've been for an intro in a while. Um, I don't know. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. We're talking a little Champions League. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Europa League because no one really wants to hear about that right now. But uh, for those who will wondering... be talking about the Conference League in the bonus. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually the uh, the caveat. We're not talking about the Champions League. We're talking about the Conference League. Um, no, for those wondering, um, all the Barcelona fans, uh, of course, we drew 1-1 with Eintracht Frankfurt. Check back next week for my sanity check if we get knocked out. Rian, how you doing? Uh, how's your how's your knee? I know I know you're still nursing it. Rian Rian got what we called a uh, a solid three to five week uh, absence from all things sporting related, and uh, he's on the injury list until further notice. Uh, yeah, it's 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 coming a tough time. I, I um, went to the doctor this earlier this week, and the news was a little more serious than I would have hoped. Uh, basically may or may not have an mcl sprain i need to do go do a physical <laughs> to figure that out um it's just shitty timing because i have a, a league starting like i think this weekend either this weekend or next weekend so <sighs> just unfortunate timing more than anything else yeah that's that definitely is tough um, especially because it was the first it happened literally the first time that i played soccer in like four or five months yeah and, and it was just like contact injury that actually ended up hurting one of my like possibly straining a ligament but not ideal i'm not gonna lie that's it's just not ideal um of course if you like i said earlier if you need me to bring you anything i'll be i'll be around i'm not i'm only a phone call away rian i'm only that's a phone true call that's away. true it's, yeah yeah I guess you can pay for all of my drinks this weekend when we go watch the <laughs> Liverpool City game. Uh, I do need that. Yeah, no, of course that eases the pain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. It's a painkiller. <laughs> it's. A, uh, I mean, I'll also take you to the AA meeting afterwards, but sure, yeah, <laughs> if, if you insist. Um, no, I'm. I'm hopeful that you'll obviously be able to play soon. We can. We can kick around, but. Um, yeah, honestly, other than that, I'm trying to think about what's new in our lives. And I can't really think, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Like, I really don't like, is, is there anything that's like miraculous? It doesn't have to be the, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything that new since last time. No. Was it nine days ago. No, <laughs> yeah. There really isn't that much that's, that's entertaining. Um, you went we to your just, office. That was, the, that was, oh, I did. Big, I that did. was the big thing that you brought up right before we started recording. So this is the world we live in where it's like, oh my God, you actually saw people. I mean, I recovered from COVID and everything, thankfully. And then now it's just, yeah. <laughs> Now I go into the office every once in a while. I see a human. It's like, oh my God. Uh, So yeah, that's mentally, I'm there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. But Rian, of course, we're not here to talk about the office. That's where we draw the line on the pod. Mm -hmm. We are here to talk a little bit about, drum roll please, the Champions League quarterfinals first leg. That's what we're going to focus on for a majority of this first half of the episode and then we'll get into a little bit of preview of probably the biggest game of the season in uh let's call it premier league maybe not europe but the premier league rian i want to start with probably the big ish tie i mean debatably there are two really big ones so depends on kind of which side of the fence you sit on but we'll start with atletico versus city at the etihad (laughs) 
this <laughs> depending <laughs> on who you ask was either a tactical masterclass or the most antithesis of football you will ever see um Simeone and his side in this game had zero shots on target and zero shots total for the first time in Simeone's coaching career so that was a first um walk me through your thoughts on let's start with the Atletico side obviously City won 1-0 brilliant De Bruyne to finish um but thoughts on how Atletico (laughs) approached this game um did you like it did you hate it boring smart I, I, I mean, look, I, I don't even complain about it anymore. Like, I just don't. It's just, it's the, like, I'm going to be honest. If you watched that game and got upset by what you saw, then I, I have nothing to say for you. You just didn't realize what you were getting yourself into. Uh, um, look, I'll, it was more entertaining than their first half against Manchester United in the first leg in Old Trafford you remember when I said that was the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the worst game, but I, that, yeah. was, that was 90 minutes that I wish I had back. Definitely. Um, but that was exactly what you expect. I mean, I, I, you can't even get upset about it. Like this, this is the game. That's, that's the, that is Diego Simeone's game plan. And in a way, like for almost every, or specifically the first leg of almost any Champions League tie especially coming up against Manchester city. Like, yeah, granted, this was the extreme. This was, he went to the full extreme of what he would do against most other teams. It, as I think it was De Bruyne that, that mentioned it post game, they did sit in literally two banks of five. It was, yeah, Yeah. that's what it was. And, you know, for the first 60 odd, 70 odd minutes of the game, um, they did really, really well at preventing the the kind of textbook city goal where someone gets into the half space and from there, that's where the goal, like someone creates an assist from the half spaces and and, yeah. and is able to get the ball in, a, in some space in the box in, in those same half spaces. They prevented it really well for 70 minutes and, and uh, defended that really, really well. And then... Phil Foden comes on and he finds just maybe 10 yards of space, like a 10 yard circle of space. Um, and like the, what he can do in such tight spaces is, is unbelievable. Like, there's a shot of his assist where you can see it. He's surrounded by like five athletic Madrid players. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when he plays the, the ball, um, through the legs of I think it was was it Reynaldo I, I think uh I can't I can't remember exactly who stepped who was the person that, that I actually that. don't remember I don't but, think it was Luddy but yeah but it was the only time in that game where someone on the back line like broke the line and tried to actually go up and press and left that space because as soon as um someone stepped to De Bruyne it left just that little bit of space for De Bruyne to to run into, and and he said after the game as well, like he said, literally all pretty much all it was, you know, I I just saw the the space there and just ran into it, and I, I think that says a lot about um, not just De Bruyne, but that says a lot about how the city players are are coached too. Like you watch the game, and and you can see they're constantly hunting space. 
Yeah. Right? And that's, and that's, um, that's how they scored that first goal. And, and they were patient and they, their defending side is, is the defensive side of them is going to be downplayed because they're playing Atletico and Atletico did play super deep. Um, but Atletico couldn't counterattack. They couldn't counterattack because when City lose the ball, everyone is positioned in a way that 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 they don't allow you to get out. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. it's I, I think the defensive performance of City is being really underrated from that game. And and it's I know it's just really easy to say that Atletico just didn't try to play, but they really could not. <laughs> so yeah. It's it's that was just an amazing defensive performance from city as well. Yeah. And I think this is something that like, it's important to be aware of like how Simeone thinks about these knockout ties. It's very different from how he approaches La Liga games. And for those who don't watch La Liga, like might think, Oh, this is, you know, Simeone at his finest or, you know, something like that. Like this is typical Atletico, but in fact, like Atletico have become a much more progressive team over the last two years. That's the reason why they won the league last year. And even in their last game, like in La Liga, they scored four goals. Like this is a team that does know how to attack. This isn't just like how they play in week in week out. I think this is a very descriptive approach by Simeone right like he came into this game with the idea that this this whole game is the first half of two ties and playing more progressively in Madrid at home is always going to be a better option than having to do that away at City right always and I think that this team wanted to just get out of Manchester with like nothing more than a one nil loss like or or nothing less than it I should say and they essentially achieved that and they defended really really well like to your point for 70 minutes and any time a ball was misplaced the one thing that I noticed really really interestingly is that João Felix was like the first one to be released in the space and more importantly he was almost found he was found almost every time because there was so much space behind. We talk about how Atletico set up a 5-0, five, five basically. City did the complete opposite and set up yeah. a nil 5-5, five, five, right? Yeah. So there was so much space in behind. And when these teams go back to Madrid next week, do not be surprised if that's exactly how Madrid score a goal. And potentially yeah. go through. Potentially go through. But like, yeah. I think we both are in agreement that City are still very much the clear favorites. Right. And the, the one last thing I'll, I'll say on this before we move on is I have to double check this, but Yannick Carrasco, I believe, will be back for that game. Yep. Um, yep. He's been suspended be because, of, because of his red card on the final <laughs> the <laughs> final group stage game. Uh, I think when they were playing like Porto. Porto. Was, if anyone has the chance to go rewatch those highlights, there's like a six minute span of that game where there are I think like two yet two red cards and and like the yeah it's it's an amazing it's an amazing shit house of uh of 10 minutes in a in a football match but truly incredible Carrasco will be back for this game and you talk about the counter-attacking um threat that Atletico just didn't quite have outside of João Felix in that in, in the first leg Carrasco is gonna help a lot towards that and um I, we're going to see them play differently. We even saw Atleti play. They switched how they were playing even after they conceded the goal. They they did try to press more and try to and try to attack a bit more. 
but yeah. uh, it's it's going to be a different game in this. It's like, look, City's still going to have most likely 60 to, 70, 60 to 70% of the ball. That's just, you have to pencil that in no matter what. But um, I expect Atletico to be more expansive in the counterattack. I wish they were in the first leg, but again, I, you can't be remotely surprised by that. Definitely. Definitely. A hundred percent. Well, I think we can both confidently say that Atletico, and at least in my opinion, played a great game tactically. You could think about, say whatever you want stylistically, but for what they need to and want to achieve, they probably did the job. I don't have too yeah. much confidence of, of the leg back in Madrid, but listen, as a Barcelona fan, like I've seen weirder things. So <laughs> I really have. So, Rian, let's talk a little bit about the other game that day. 3-1 win for Liverpool against Benfica. Honestly, I I didn't think Liverpool were like over the moon incredible in this game. I thought they were they were Liverpool. Like they deserved to win the game. They should have won won the game. And I thought Benfica probably could have squeaked out another goal. Um so I'm I'm curious like now that we're going back to Anfield, I believe. Um Yeah. Yes, we are. Uh, so do Benfica have a chance in this? Like, I mean, I I, uh, I do. Listen, nothing against Benfica at all. I I love a good Portuguese team, but I just I don't see a world where that can happen. However, however way you know you kind of want to spin it. At least you, you can you can be Darwin Nunez on steroids. I just you're talking about probably one of the best teams in the world. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to need him to be on steroids to win this. To Basically. Get um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to see a way back for, for Benfica. Um, Liverpool, even, even not being as ruthless as they can be still dominated the chances, the chance creation in the game. Um, Nunez did, did well to, to score his goal but uh it's it's hard to to see liverpool dropping this you know, they're going back to anfield and they'll be coming off of that game against manchester city which obviously we'll be talking about later but if they're mentally there then they they'll have i think very little issue with getting through here and um and they did they did about 70 percent of the job already winning 3-1 away and now they just got to take it home but they're, they're going to be huge favorites still. And we're going to talk about the one of the potential team or both of the potential teams that uh, they could play in the next round. But uh, I'm, I'm still really crossing my fingers that we get a Liverpool Bayern um, semifinal, but uh, unfortunately this, this yellow team from a very <laughs> small town in, in, in Spain are, are having something to say about it, but I know we'll get, we'll get to that we we oh we definitely will um rian let's talk before we even get to that about the 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 game you just mentioned i i want to spend majority of our time on this because quite honestly i i was just wonderfully surprised in some ways by this game again i'm not a neutral in this game because i hate real madrid but i can always appreciate good football i can always appreciate good players Real Madrid, Chelsea. 
the second consecutive hat trick in the Champions League for Karim Benzema, 36 goals in 36 games. What in God's name could Chelsea have done better in the first half? <laughs> like, true, I'm like seeing, truly. I'm seeing that in, in, our, in our notes here. And, and the first thought that comes to mind is, I don't know, Ty, when he was when he's looking away at some point, or maybe when he's like, celebrating after the first or second goal, maybe a ball boy could have run on and like tied his, <laughs> shoes, tied his shoes together or something for the rest of the game. I don't know. Um, no, there was there was that first half, especially be, especially the way that Chelsea started the first ten to fifteen minutes, where they where they played pretty well, and um, I thought. I thought leading up to that first goal, I thought, yeah, this game is very back and forth here. Yeah. And um, and a lot of that had to do, I think, with with the left side of Madrid, <laughs> really like Vinicius and, and Ferland Mendy caused a lot of problems for um, Reese James and, and Andreas Christensen. But the Benzema part of it, like what what can you even what do you even say about him anymore? Like it it's a quick question for you. I know I don't, we don't have this on notes, but I but I'm curious, and I almost tweeted this out. But Karen Benzema, if he doesn't play for Real Madrid, if he goes and plays for, I don't know, like like Juventus, if he goes to like a Juventus, or if he went to know, like a Bayern or what, whatever. I know that there's still Ronaldo and Messi and, and that's still, those two guys would have made it very, 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 very difficult for anyone else to have a chance at winning a Ballon d'Or in those years. But if he's on another team during that time and, and on one club more or less for that, for those six to seven years where it was just Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, Messi. Um, I just, I wonder how many, Ballon d'Ors, he at least comes close to winning, or or at least how yeah. many top three Ballon d'Or, about top three voting in Ballon d'Ors that, that he yeah. picks up. You know what? The interesting thing is basically between like let's call it 2013 and maybe 2018, he he did so much for Real Madrid that just did not go recognized, in my opinion. And if you think back to you know, he scored in uh, the Champions League final against Liverpool. Um, he scored, I mean, uh, I, there are so many goals. Like, I could spend 20 minutes going through. Um, and there's so many moments that he spent supporting Cristiano Ronaldo as kind of the star man on the team, right? It was a, a team of Galacticos, especially kind of in, in Benzema's early years at Real Madrid. And if he had gone to your question, like, to a Juventus, to a Bayern, like from from Leon, which is where he was at before Real Madrid. I I think it's a double edged sword because I don't know if he would have grown as much as he had as at Real Madrid. Like he is absolutely a much more rounded forward here at Real Madrid than he is. He probably would have been elsewhere. Like yeah, think about who he, who he was surrounded by, and think about who he is surrounded by now. Still top. 15 20 players in the world i can't say the same about juve i can't say the same about inter i can't say the same about Bayern, even to some degree less so obviously but it's still levels and i i think that he probably would have still been very successful but 
I, I'm not convinced that he would have been on the, the third place podium, you know, entirely. He could have been, he could have been, but I think him being supported by such a strong cast uh, at Real Madrid is, is a massive factor in that. Yeah. And I think you make a great point in terms of those years playing um, next to Ronaldo and having to be more supporting him. I, I have to imagine that really honed his, more t- technical <laughs> skills right like the, the yeah the, what he can do like there was one counterattack during that game he didn't score off of it it was actually the one that he that I are, you t- are you talking about his missed miss? yeah where they countered and it may have even been before his first goal but they countered and it's basically like him on his own and I think it was like Carver Hall that might have been supporting him on the run yeah. And two Chelsea defenders, I think it's like Silva and uh, and Espelicueta, both get out to Benzema and, and have him surrounded. And then he just back heels it between yeah. them into open space for, for someone else. And it's just like, I, I saw him do that. And I was just like, wow. And I, I, that's really all I said. Of, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was kind of my, my thoughts on his first two goals, too. I, I, well, listen, first, I, I, I tweeted about, about the, this. Let's talk about the yeah, first one, because yeah. I actually think the first one was the definition of ball watching that should be reviewed in basically high school through like professional <laughs> football. Like, I, I think that Tiago Silva and some combination of, uh, I guess, if you want to blame Conte or Jorginho, I don't think you can, but more so like the center backs. I, I think they got caught worrying about what was on the left hand side of, of Madrid's attack. Than they did about oh my god there's ten year ten yards of space it's like surrounding Kareem Betsma and he was just so free like he was free as a bird no one no but, one but I would all. even like I mean I would even go like further back in the in the move right where the one two that's played um, between Vinicius and Ben and Benzema this is something that that Elias you and I were texting about just like the isolation of, of Christensen yeah. on, on Vinicius. I think honestly, from a Chelsea fans point of view here, like the biggest takeaway that I take from that, especially that first half is that, yeah, I think, I think Tuchel just, just got it wrong. And, and he said it himself yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I think, I think he just got it wrong by, by having Christensen. If he's going to play in that game, like play, having him, having him play as a right side at center back on Vinicius' side. I, I think he just got that wrong because you if you watch the first 15 minutes like 15 20 minutes of that game you realize that that was the plan that was the plan for for madrid um i guess maybe once they saw christensen on on the team sheet or maybe they expected him who knows but well you know what's funny about that chelsea's team sheet came out an hour and a half before madrid's and I, I, I think there is oh, i think madrid's no 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 i think madrid's came sorry, out sorry sorry yes yes excuse so chelsea's um, sorry, Madrid's lineup came out first, <laughs> right? And then Chelsea's. And I was still equally surprised to see a back three of Christensen, Rudiger, and Thiago Silva. Because I texted one of my friends about this and I said, Look, I'm worried about two things. Like, you might be happy about this lineup, but I'm worried about two things. One, yes, Kovic sh- should have started in yeah, place I of mean, Jorginho. Look, that, 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 uh, well, uh, I mean, I, I would argue in place of, of N'Golo Conte, but, but sure. You, sure. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I, I think, I think at some point COVID just should have started. Yeah. That's my first point. My second point 
is I'm very worried about what combination or what role Reese James play plays with Christensen, because I think people were underestimating like Ancelotti's play here. The second I saw Fede Valverde was starting as a right-sided winger, <laughs> my mind immediately went to they're either playing in a midfield four and they're going to release Vinicius and Benzema, or he's going to play as someone who's just pressing the crap out of Asprey Laqueta, which he did, to be fair, like very everywhere. He pressed everywhere, honestly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that was a very calculated move, I think, from Ancelotti. And he got it right. He got it right. And and Tuchel got it wrong. And I think it does truly come down to that. Um, Beyond that, Pulisic had a terrible game. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He had had a... he had a bad game. Obviously, Christensen had a bad game. I mean, that was just, I mean, Christensen's side, I think it's just a bad matchup. It's just a bad matchup fully. And I think Tuchel was getting upset at him about, like, the angles that he was taking on Vinicius. And fair enough, he was kind of flat-footed each, almost every time that Vinicius was coming at him. But, but I, I mean, that's just, you You wouldn't ever, never expect uh, a 1v1, especially a 1v1 out on the wings for yeah. Christensen versus Vinicius to go very well. And then... um and then, you know, I mean, Mendy, their goal obviously has has a lot, has, has a lot of, of uh, blame there as well. They, they didn't sort themselves out at the back, which is the most disappointing thing because it, it was encouraging that the team got back into the game. And then right. five seconds in the second half, it's like the, the tie is much different now. Um, I, I, I think a lot of that game was... I think I want to say like 40 minutes in or like after, after Chelsea scored, but the last like five minutes of, of the first half, it was so open. And I was like, wow, this is probably not what to want it from this game. <laughs> it's going to be so open as it as it was. Um, but it just, it just made things, it's made things really tough for them going to the second leg. And, and I, there's a part of me that feels like that first leg I think on a lot of different days that ends at worst a two one. I don't. I don't think that we that Chelsea deserved to win, but I didn't think that Chelsea played particularly poorly. That they still created chances, and Lukaku had two great chances, and uh, Courtois came out with an amazing incredible save against, save. against yeah. Aspilicueta. <laughs> like it, it, the chances were there. I think Ziyech had a, had a really good chance at the end of the game too on, on um, inside the box and just, and just put it over the goal. So I, they didn't play well enough to win that game for sure. They didn't play necessarily poorly, but I think when you look at how that game went in versus last season, uh, the semifinal last season, the, like the Chelsea players are just going to have to play better than they did in, in the in this first leg like last season in both of those legs i thought they they played close to perfect and that's yeah unfortunately that's a, that's what they're going to need um definitely at the Bernabeu. so let me ask you one last question as it relates to chelsea and real madrid and it's something i've been thinking about a lot today especially kind of the aftermath of the game in that semifinal last season no before i get to that in mm-hmm. the quarterfinal between real madrid and psg this season for 75 to 80% of this tie, PSG dominated Real yeah. Madrid, right? That is fair to say they dominated Real Madrid. It was a span of about 15 minutes, maybe not even, that defined this tie of Real <laughs> Madrid just going off, right? The, the best 
of the best which came out in this team. I, I want to extrapolate that to Real Madrid and Chelsea in this tie in that I thought Madrid were probably the slightly better side over, over the game. I thought they had the better chances outside of that. Mm-hmm. Again, crazy save by Courtois maybe, but the one thing I kept going back to as it relates to like those, the difference between those ties is think about the number of top 20 players in the world right now. Just think of who might be on that list. Mm. I don't know if I can think of one Chelsea player that would fit into that right now, but I can think of multiple Real Madrid players at their very best. I'm talking about both Mm. sides at their very best that would fit into that list. And I think that alone was the defining factor between these two sides. Yeah. Because I think in last season's tie, you didn't see the very best of Real Madrid. You just, it, it just wasn't there. Um, and I thought I thought you saw the very best of Chelsea in, in last season's tie, and I think it was completely flipped this time around. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. Like, I one of the things I thought about after the game as well, and this will be my my last thing, is the moments. Like, this this is the Champions League. This is this is this is the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Like, like, granted, you can play well for for the entirety of a game and an entirety of two legs, even. And as you said, with PSG. Um, not being able to get through uh, just because they imploded for about 20 minutes. Um, last season, I was pleasantly surprised that Chelsea was able to get through all of these ties, like playing well, like they, they played well at all those ties in, in every tie last, last season and won just about every game. And I was like pleasantly surprised because I was like, this is not how this goes <laughs> normally in the Champions League you playing well for the entirety of games um, and actually getting rewarded for it is not necessarily the it's, norm. It's a fleeting, <laughs> it's a, it's a fleeting thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, Real Madrid and, and specifically Karen Benzema dominated the moments in that first leg. Like they, they, he took all but one chance pretty much in the entire game. I think he had four shots the entire game. And the only yep. miss that he had was the one right before the end of the first half where, where I mean, that's like a, he, a, a almost inexplicable miss for him. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and you know, Mendy, Mendy did him a solid and gave him one, a little easier one at the beginning <laughs> of the second half. And, and his, his he, hit list is basically top European goalkeeper. Or, it's or crazy. Goal, yeah. Between, between teams. Mendy and Donnarumma just, just brain farting like with the and carious yeah and oh yeah 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 you're right yep. carious as well um it, it's 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 amazing what the guy can do like like i said he dominated those moments the first goal is a crazy header from that distance to have that much power to be one of the tallest goalkeepers in the world and then he did it in a completely different type of header on the second goal where it's again perfectly placed where one of the tallest goalkeepers in the world cannot get to it um yeah it's the man dominates moments and that's what he's that that is always the danger no matter how well anyone plays against this Real Madrid team very true very true last question can Chelsea turn it around to Madrid yes no yeah yeah they can turn it around um will they like like I said they're (laughs) gonna need to play they're going to need to play every bit as well as they played in both of those legs um, last season in the semifinal. 
and, and specifically maybe that second leg where they were really close to perfect and, and got the win there. But yeah, they're going to need, they're going to need to play pretty much they were close to their best game of the season. Like, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking back to what I think is the best game that they've played all season, which was the league cup final against, against Liverpool. Like they're going to need to play at that level. Like that's, that's the, that's what's going to be necessary Definitely. to overturn a two goal margin here. So yeah. Well, we'll check in next, uh, next week and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, Chelsea have Southampton uh, coming up, I, I believe Southampton right? Yeah, coming up this yeah. weekend and uh, <clears throat> Real Madrid have the Madrid Derby of some sort <laughs> against Hatafe, um, which <laughs> they, they should win. But Real, let's talk about the last Champions League tie, which saw a massive, massive, massive upset that I feel like not enough people are talking about. Villarreal, the small town in Spain. Before I even get into this, can you just guess what the population of Villarreal is without looking it up? Just I want you to. Guess. I know it's something crazy. It's less than a million for sure. It's mm-hmm. it's less than five hundred thousand. Real the population of Villarreal is fifty thousand. Oh my god! That's, I was gonna guess two hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, wow. it is wildly small. Like you would never think that a town like that has a world class team. Basically, yeah. a world class. Yeah. T- I, I playing I in the biggest out. competition biggest club competition in the world exactly it, without a doubt it's it's genuinely incredible but i sh- i should point out a world-class team that went a uh, 3-0 win against juventus lost to cadiz lost to levante were <laughs> basically <laughs> lo- got them out of last place in la liga yeah. this past weekend and then beating Bayern at home to give Bayern their first away loss since 2017 which is insane like this team is truly special. And this moment, like we talk, we're talking about moments and the significance of moments. This is a very significant moment in Spanish football and especially for Villarreal. And quite honestly, th- this scoreline could have been bigger. Like it's, I, it's, it's it, maybe it, it should have been, been right? like two, three, potentially four. For he needs to cut his arm off. We're, we're here again. <laughs> Offsides because of an arm. You know, the thing that, you know, no one ever scores with. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, he caught, caught out Neuer and they had a couple of chances, a couple of really, really good chances on the break. And this is what I was trying to tell to you, at least like, when we were, when we were doing our previews for the, I think it was around round of 16 for Salzburg, that Bayern's defense is not, it's not close to one of the top, like in terms of talent, in terms of talent, look, actual goals conceded in in their league and and probably in the Champions League, they're, they're one of the top three or four in in Europe, of course. But if you watch them play (laughs) like this, they play with a reckless abandon, same kind of reckless abandon as Liverpool, but they don't have a Van Dyke or Konate as their center backs, right? It's, it's um, Sula, it's at times uh, Hernandez, Pavard, it's, it's um, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm Upa Meccano, who, oh my gosh, is just, yeah, that guy, he gives me the Kurt Zuma vibes for sure. Like someone, as someone who watched Kurt Zuma for a long time, Upa Meccano has a lot of the same mannerisms and that is not a compliment. So this team is, Look, they they have amazing attackers, so I think that's part of the game with Nagelsmann that he he just kind of backs their ability to get 
to score more. That's that's pretty totally. much how they play. Um, it's great to do in in the Bundesliga, and it'll get them, and it still likely will get them through this tie and get them into the semifinal if we're if we're betting on it. But they're kind of there. They're there for the taking for some team to put three or four past them. Right there, and and teams in the Bundesliga actually have. There have been a couple of teams who have as well. So, I mean, I think it was Mukin Gladbach that put six on yep. them in the in the fall. So, they're fully there for the taking, and and it's disappointing that Villarreal didn't make them pay more. But no matter what, that's an amazing result in Villarreal for for those fans and and the players. Yeah, the only thing for Villarreal now is again you got to think about these ties and I'm sure you and I Emery, like you said, after the game, like you have to think about these ties as again, this is halftime. Like they now have to yep. go to Munich and that's where the multiple chances that they were not able to put away may very well come back to bite them. And you kind of saw that after mm-hmm. the game, like no one really celebrated from Villarreal. Like they weren't <laughs> like ecstatic. They were just like, all right, well now we got to do, do the, the thing again <laughs> like yeah, they, all over won. The week. they won and then they were quickly reminded of what happened to Salzburg in the second leg <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah look it, it'll be Villarreal can make it really really tough for teams as we've seen in their uh 78 draws this season <laughs> uh, <laughs> they can make it really <laughs> can make it really wrong. tough for teams to score um and and they're more than capable to hit on the break as well. So we saw them get a couple opportunities to do that in the first leg here. Um, so look, I still think Bayern are going to get through. I, I think, I don't think it'll be like the game against Salzburg. I don't, I don't think it'll be that messy, but um, I, I think I'd still expect Bayern to get through. And as I said already earlier, Elias, I, I'm begging I've been begging for it for like the last three years to see Liverpool and Bayern play <laughs> against each other. And this is the closest we've gotten. And, and I just, I'm begging for it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would seriously be something again. Um, last time that happened was 2019, right? Am I, am I mistaken um, or am I dating myself? Liverpool and Bayern. Yeah. I, I don't think they played in 2019. No, they, they Did must they? have February, February, March uh, round of 16. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh no, you're yeah. totally right. Wow, I yeah. can't believe I forgot. Yeah, that's pre yeah. that's pre-pandemic, so of course I yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. want to slip my mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um I think that's I can't remember if that's Hansi Flick's um fine or not. But but either way, I think that's Nico Kovac. Yeah. Which which yeah, that didn't end well for him anyway. So <laughs> yeah. um yeah, this this version of Bayern. Um, definitely, definitely something that I would love to see play against Liverpool. Sure. I would love to see Liverpool play against this version as well. That yeah. will be a legitimate basketball game. <laughs> that I undoubtedly agree with. You. <laughs> uh, well, I think that wraps up everything Champions League related. Um, other than I guess we kind of expect Bayern to go through. I, I'd be yeah. very surprised if they did not. Um, but hey, one percent chance, ninety nine percent fate. Um, <laughs> that's that's what they say. So I give them more than one percent chance. I'll say that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they ha- they are literally going in with a lead. So you kind yeah. of have to give them more than 1%. But, um, yeah, but I think it would, we would still be very surprised to see Byron go out. But if they did, upset of the year, without a doubt. I'm so, an amazing upset, yeah. Yeah. So 
with that, we'll move on to the second part of the podcast, uh, where we're joined by a, a special guest. I'll leave it at that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are beyond the Champions League stuff. Um, of course, we'll come back with all new Champions League updates uh, next week. But the big thing kind of on our mind, um, so big, in fact, that we had to expand the conversation beyond just Rihanna and myself. Um, Manchester City play Liverpool in what could be the deciding game of the entire Premier League season this upcoming Sunday, 1130 Eastern. Rihanna and I will finally be watching a game in person together. I actually can't remember the last time we did that. Um, Now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably been at least two months. But nonetheless, like it's it's gonna happen um we'll we'll figure out where but in the meantime we have a special guest that we wanted to introduce our uh former coach and teacher brian zlaski has joined us uh on the podcast it's great to see and catch up and hear from you and everything um yeah it's, it's been a minute but thank you for at least agreeing to spend part of your day um talking to 25 year olds uh i don't know how how you decide to do it but we thank you nonetheless for sure man listen you know uh it's always great to be here i I was thinking earlier today like where am i on the sort of uh in the pantheon of guest appearances i know this is like my third appearance i think yeah 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 you're 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 definitely in the top three at least at least All I was thinking is, if Andy Much is above me, I just, I don't know what, I don't know if I can, oh, I'll be so disappointed. I think Andy's a a one-timer, I think, I think, I'm trying to think of how many, three. I I think his only competition might might be Jay, maybe. Yeah, it might be, it might be Jay, it might be Jay, yeah, yeah, but, but Jay, I think might be, be I think, I think Jay might be max three, I think. I don't think anyone's been on for more than three times. I think no. my dad's been on maybe three times. Twice. Three times sounds right. Twice, yeah. Oh man, oh. I'm being a being yeah. dad. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> we or might just... have to, depending on how it goes this weekend. Maybe we have to have him on next week for a reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh man. Well, <clears throat> well, no. As always, it's a it's a pleasure to be here, talking footy with you guys, uh, and talking Liverpool. Um, you know. You, you guys know, I always, I always have a little bit to say at least, um, <laughs> but uh, for this weekend, I'm, I'm so excited. The, the only thing is Owen, uh, my son, I, I was telling you guys off air here. It's, he just started rec soccer. He has rec soccer from 11 oh, no. to 1145. Oh. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? first 15 minutes i mean how how awkward like <laughs> to be the would it be to be the dad with his phone, with his on? phone i feel like you don't want to you don't want to be the, that guy right it, no and like <laughs> be honest with you too our data plan stinks so <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, no it's so. it's the important part it's really the cell phone that's holding you back it's it's yeah <laughs> right that's right so, i gotta it, i gotta and it, we're not far enough into it where I've made friends with any of the other parents where like, uh, we're, yeah, like, you guys hey, can huddle yeah. up kind of, Oh, you should be streaming this game. You don't know. about <laughs> this game? 
Uh, but no, hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing major happens in those first 15 minutes. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be games, gotta be those games between Liverpool and City almost never have a 15 minute stretch where there's some chaos, right? <laughs> Rian, oh, I think you're thinking man. of Chelsea, um, but sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea City, Patrick. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Chelsea City games are usually pretty boring. I'll get, I'll, I'll oh, those are, I'll get yeah. that. Oh, I, I thought you meant like you know, Chelsea. Oh, in general. Oh. All right, Chelsea, this isn't this is that powerhouse Brentford. <laughs> this isn't, I don't think that's what this segment oh, is supposed oh, to be. <laughs> We're going, <laughs> I'm sorry, I digress. No, no, we can, let's. I want to talk about teams that are that have consistently played well the entire season today. Um, Mr. Yeah. Z, Mr. Z, it's, it's hard to not call you Mr. Z still, but um. I respond to it. This no week, <laughs> now, this weekend, we're obviously seeing the two best teams in England. Like that's that's obvious. And to the level that we've been seeing the two best teams in England is kind of what I feel has been astonishing over the past four to five years, really. Yeah. And and they've been so Liverpool and Man City have been so far ahead of um of the rest of the league. I think I saw a stat earlier today, like over the last four years, they are one and two in terms of points gained in the league and Chelsea's third by like 70 to 80 points or something like that over, <laughs> over, um, over that four year span. And it's kind of come to this point where like, these are obviously been the two best teams in England for a while. What it's been most impressive to me. I was like doing some some digging before this game, uh, before this recording here, where I wanted to see like where did they stack up in terms of Europe for the last five years, and this rivalry, like the caliber of these two teams, like when I tell you like the stats here, it feels what I thought what I think maybe it felt like in the early or late nineties and early two thousands with Arsenal and Manchester United. So since 2017, this is just ranking among the top five leagues in Europe. Mm -hmm. City and Liverpool have accounted for the four best win and point total seasons for a league season. Liverpool have had the uh, first and fourth best season city have had the second and third best seasons on top of that. There's top five in terms of teams over this past five years in points per game, in goal difference per game. And this one's just for me because obviously I, I, I love these the analytics here, but expected goal difference per game, they're one and two over the past five years. That's like an aggregate. So yeah. these teams are obviously like the best in England, but like you have two teams who have been consistently at worst the fourth or fifth at worst the fourth all of europe over the past five years so i don't want to date you here because i you you did live through this more than than i did but i feel like this is our ellis and i like generations version of arsenal and manchester united that rivalry and and especially when you look at the two coaches as well two game-changing coaches like literally change the sport in different ways yeah I, i'm curious for you like where do you think this ranks with that with that rivalry um yeah no 
thank you for not dating me and no. <laughs> suggesting anything about my age uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, no, I, I would agree with you in terms of um, where this rivalry and maybe the, the performance of these teams over an extended amount of time um, where they seem to be the clear, clear cut above the other top four, top six. Um, the, the thing about Arsenal and Man United at that, at, during that period that you're talking about, it, it lasted, it got interrupted actually by Chelsea picking up Jose Mourinho and then their sort of dominance, like basically knocked other, uh, mainly Arsenal back out of the, back out of the running there. Um, but the the difference though is the point totals, the consistency of play, like that that's different with Liverpool and City. You, if you go back and you look at United and Arsenal, other than the Arsenal Invincibles team, and even in that season, they still didn't have. I don't think their point total was over. Yeah, they drew. They drew a lot they of games. I think like twelve games that season. Probably. So, like, if you think about, like, not just getting results, but, like, the amount of wins that they're getting, it's it's remarkable. Um, and I don't think for as good as those United and Arsenal teams were um, at that time, I don't, I don't know that they necessarily were playing at the, um, the, the consistent level that we see Liverpool and, and City. Um, I, I saw that same stat that you alluded to regarding the points totals over the last, you know, five years. And it's like 365 to 364. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely uh, remarkable. And, and so then the question, when you, when you compare it to the other top leagues in Europe, the question that you can ask yourself is, okay, well, if they're, if they're having that level of consistency, what's the quality of the league? compared to the other ones in Europe. But I think most people would argue uh, that the Premier League is is the top league too. So it's, yeah. it's the most competitive week in, week out um, uh, in Europe. And, you know, um, when we think about the Champions League and the performance in the Champions League, all the uh, all the pundits are always talking about how one of the reasons why um, you know, City and Liverpool and Chelsea up before yesterday um, have been <laughs> have been doing so well in Europe is because of the style of play that they that they have in England in the Premier League. The 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 level of intensity that there's no drop, that there's high pressure all the time, um, that it's you know staying with that that high pressure and intensity and winning the ball back high up the field and then being able to create chances really really quickly from the from those uh, from that transition um that that style of play is one of the reasons why they like beat up on some of these other teams coming from Italy and and Spain where they don't do that ironically what real madrid did to chelsea yesterday was they played like a premier league team yeah uh in a lot of ways with the, with the level of pressure that they had um so anyway like yeah i think i think the 
this is sort of an echo of that like early 2000s late 90s early 2000s premier league but i feel like it's even it's been notched up in terms of the level of quality and and results and everything yeah i, I was feeling it yeah i mean i was i was actually just gonna say i, I like what you mentioned about just the athletic differences right over the last 20 years because that probably is the biggest difference and i think the gap right between city liverpool and the rest of the top four six and obviously the rest of the league isn't just that Cancelo is a a better left back than everybody else just because he can run fast it's that you combined it with two of the best managers in the world with their tactical astuteness, their ability to read the game, understand what each player needs in the contracts of a team. And the fact that they have like the best of the best facilities to also train these players to become like, I don't want to call them machines, but like think about how many games they're playing in the context of how many games United and Arsenal played 20 years ago. It's, it's vastly different. Yeah. And to that point too, I think uh, diet and, and uh, the, the quality of like medicine and training and all of that. I mean, back in the late nineties and early two thousands, you, you have, you have, uh, you know, Gary Neville going out for a point <laughs> after the game. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they, they talk openly about how they, you know, would do stuff like that where they, uh, where they would, you know, imbibe, but here's the thing. And, and it, it came through after the um, uh, after the Afcon final with Egypt and and Senegal. One of the things that uh, Jurgen Klopp said about being able to rotate Mane and uh, and Mo Salah in almost directly is because they don't they don't drink they don't drink yeah. they, they are they are like sort of machines in the way that they take care of their body. Um, so their recovery time was like so much quicker, um, and they were able to just slot right back in. Um, so, you know, when the managers are complaining about the, the schedules and the, um, overload of games and things like that, you know, I I think there's, there's a lot of truth to that and they, they should be, they should be heard about it because I think they see the physical extremes that the, that these guys are going through and they know, you know, how much, how strenuous they are, uh, the, the training sessions are and everything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's just incredible. The, the levels that they're able to perform at it's un, unreal. I guess, yes. I guess we should start a narrative against Jack Grealish based on what you're saying and, and the amount that man goes out, but I'll, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's also funny. It's funny you bring up like the conditioning as well, because but when Arsene Wenger came in, that was he was kind of a revolutionary. The fact that he just told his players to eat to like treat their bodies treat better their after bodies games. Well. Hey, have a salad. <laughs> have a salad, there, guy. How about not, uh, you know, not just fish and chips all the time? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so so you know, two uh, revolutionary coaches, as they said. Um, more onto the game itself. I know you're probably feeling pretty confident about it. I can't imagine that anyone on either side right now is, is not feeling confident. The, both teams are going in with really, really good form. City, 
finding a way to get a goal against the torture ball that Diego Simeone plays and um and Liverpool making pretty pretty easy work of, of Benfica mm-hmm. so we're going to this game where I feel like these two squads are actually matched up more than ever before I, I and, and I think that's not a detriment to city squad being any worse than any other season, but more towards like this Liverpool squad now is, I feel like deeper than at any point in Klopp's time at the club. Um, a lot of that having to do with bring, being able to bring in Luis Diaz in the, in January and not, and not having to wait until the summer to get him and, and having him for this stretch run, obviously like the amount of amazing smart signing that Liverpool have done over the years. Uh, Elias has, has heard me laud about it, about it. And um, it's just, they do so well, obviously to bring in players that fit not only the club in, in talent, right. But fit the system. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now they've got like such a perfect balance in the team. And so going into this game, do you feel like this is the, best Liverpool squad you've seen under Klopp and then I'm also kind of curious is in terms of talent where do you think it ranks in Liverpool squads of let's just say the last 15 20 years um <clears throat> I I think it's definitely the best and deepest squad that he's ever had that Klopp has ever had um which makes me like think back to like some of his earlier teams and to to, it's hilarious him, to think about some of the players <laughs> him to accomplish like uh, half the things that he accomplished with you know um i mean that that dortmund team, like i'm thinking about the alberto dortmund moreno alberto yeah, moreno <laughs> nathaniel klein at right nathaniel back. klein yeah, yeah. uh Danny Ings. Danny Ings. markovitz uh yeah. yeah i mean you got yeah you you have the 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 level of quality and increase in quality uh, of player, but also like you like you mentioned, Rion, the fit. It's the it's the fit of player and in the system that that they've created, um, uh, and that they play. It's just been it's been out of this out of this world, and and I I think it's fair to say that this is. It, I I watch a lot of I watch a lot of. Uh, uh, YouTube clips of you know Jamie Carragher and, and like all the British pundits, but all, but especially the the old Liverpool guys, I love to hear them talk about the team now because they very well could sort of frame it in a well back in my day kind of situation um, that you know things were different and you know uh, and whatever they they could sort of glorify their experience more than. Uh, uh, more than it was or say, well, you know, if I were part of this team, blah, blah, blah. I, everybody that you, that a former player that you hear from or that you can see on TV that talks about this team says that it's the best. It's probably the, one of the best and strongest Liverpool sides ever that have ever been out there. Um, and that's to consider that with, you know, the teams that have been out there not just in the last 15 20 years but if they're including those teams of like Kenny Dalglish right and uh you know and Sunis and um uh you know and a little bit after that like Robbie Fowler and I mean if before that even Ian Rush you start thinking about 
putting this team in that sort of category with those teams. Um, it's pretty remarkable. Now, the thing that's starting to, I think, so uh, sort of solidify their place is that they are starting to win trophies, right? It's not just, well, there's potential there. Now they're getting the hardware to, to, to back it up. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the, the depth that they have this season as compared to like two or three seasons prior um, where I'd be excited for this game, but but like if we had a run of schedule like we have now and we had a Champions League game, I'd be so like fearful of, you know, Andy Robertson pulling a hammy. And then it's like, oh, my God, we're going to have to put James Milner back there. Like <laughs> the, the, the rotting carcass of James Milner. Oh left my back God. And trying to deal with, you know, the, the front line of uh, Man City. But no, the Greek scouser, Simikas, is yeah. like. I mean, it's, there's like no drop off. Right. Um, and even when Trent Alexander Arnold was out, you know, Joe Gomez, not ideal, but I mean, he had an assist yeah, uh, against Watford that looked yeah. very eerily similar to the to- great cross. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, so I think it's that, that point of like when they do need to chop and change and rotate guys, the the quality is 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 there um which is which is fantastic um you know when it comes to when it comes to the game and you're like do you feel confident or how can you not feel confident i'm feeling confident on the run i I feel like it's just going to be sort of the slightest of margins that um you know that that divide that will decide the game ultimately right um and i think the champions league and that run actually has a pretty big deal to do with it i don't know what do you what do you guys think oh yeah Um, you want to go yeah yeah i'll go um no i i i think obviously liverpool got a slightly more favorable draw than than man city in that in this round right like in the sense of City had to work really hard for that one goal that they got yeah. in, uh, against Madrid and against Atletico. And, and we'll see how much that plays into this weekend. But we know that City can rotate every position. They started Nathan Ake during that Atletico Madrid game, and he has no chance of starting this weekend. So mm-hmm. it, it, I feel the Liverpool team is in a great place, too, because I don't know. I, I think the amount of options they have up front now to be able to go legitimately five players deep. Now we're thinking of um, Mane, Jota, Asala, Firmino, and Luis Diaz. Now it's, it's five players that I feel like almost every Liverpool fan trusts in that game. Um, don't, don't forget about, I'm, don't forget about Origi. Of course, of course. Origi. I know, <laughs> how, I know. How, how could I forget? How could I? Yeah. He's the forgotten man, but I'll tell you. I mean, he's he's scored in a Champions League final, man. That's I mean, true. Like, that's true. And, and Minamino's destroying all the cup competitions. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you, you do. You you have you have crazy depth there, but no, they have no, the I, players now. I feel like to. I, I feel like the biggest difference now is, is that. A healthy Tiago 
which is what they have now. And, and I know it's been hard to keep him healthy for extended periods of time, but they have, if they can just have him for the run of the, the run of this season, that's where I feel like the gap in midfield has closed a lot between these two teams. And, and I know it's hard to put it all on one player, but he, he's just, he's the best midfield passer on the team and he's the only guy on the team that you could say okay maybe he he might be a better passer than Trent like he so that that's 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 the only competition on the team so it's it's um I think these two teams are like I said as close as they've ever been and, and you said it on the details like this is basically a Champions League game and uh as we saw in the Champions League it's for Man City and, and their win against Atletico Madrid for Chelsea and their loss to Real Madrid, the details are very, like, very fine details are, yeah. can get exposed so easily because these teams are both such a high level that it's just it's the margins, like you said. Yeah, I, I think um, I do think the results from this past Tuesday are going to play into um, play into this weekend. Uh, and what I mean by that is. A 3-1 win for Liverpool away from home, away. I think that almost, I mean, knock on knocking on all the wood in the universe. <laughs> it does, it feels like they're they're pretty much through. Yeah. I mean, Anfield's a fortress, especially on in Champions League and European nights. I it would be it would be absolutely shocking for them to lose the second leg of that and and not go through. Man City has a very different situation. Right. Man City having to go to Madrid with a pretty frail 1-0 lead. um, You know, that that's not going to be an easy task. Now, they're fortunate that they have Atletico and not Real uh, because (laughs) Atletico has to do something that they don't do, which is like be on the front foot and actually attack a team. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Simeone was literally playing a five-five-zero. He I mean, like he can't help himself in the champion. It's like I, I I can tell you I watch I do watch them play in La Liga. They don't always yeah. play like that, but Champions League comes and he can't help himself. But just That's so true. Play margin, like, play fully have, on the margins. But they have I think, some attacking players. Why they have, they have great attacking players? The, he has the, the best thing, attacking squad he's ever had. It, the thing with Simeone is that. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but like he thinks about Champions League ties as like this being halftime. So he has done <laughs> half the job that he needed to do in Manchester, which was not concede well, more than one goal, basically. Yeah. And yeah. now they're going back to Madrid with at least this idea of, OK, if we score one goal, kind of like they did against Bayern in 2017 yeah. on a whim to take them through yeah. to the final against like, Pep as well against pep like if that happens on a freak coincidence like that's it you're through somehow yeah yeah so so for me that and the other factor here is the that competition means so much more to man city yeah right than than even the premier league does to them um i mean that's why they have pep there is they want it's sort of like you know Sort of like what PSG, the PSG doesn't care about, you know, Ligue 1, right? Yeah. They don't care about right. that. They're in the same right. place. They're in the same position. Only, they only want Champions League glory. And so the amount of pressure that that puts on them to get a result on Wednesday, you know, 
how like how is that gonna dictate what they do um you know this sunday i don't know yeah um i feel like the only like i feel like the what will get them up for this game is purely just the pride of playing against this yeah, liverpool team that they've that they've had countless battles now over the last five years and yeah. uh yeah i think that i think they'll care about that maybe more than the, i agree with you I, I think the they would love to win the premier league again because they're you know they're they're these guys are amazing competitors like they want to win every single thing possible but but i think almost more than that they're going to be up for playing in this game and i think it was de bruyne that actually said it after the atletico game they asked him a bit about this weekend and um he was just saying you know it's 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 a privilege to for all of us we feel like it's a privilege to play in these games (laughs) and and i I think that's how the players on both sides feel about it honestly so i I think they're both both teams mentally. I think are going to be there, and it might screw them over for the. I mean, for City, maybe they'll screw them over in the second leg against yeah, Atletico. We'll see, but um, I think they'll be up for this game, no matter no matter what. Yeah. At least any any final parting words or, yeah. or questions or yeah. I, yeah. Honestly, how are you? How, how are you feeling about this game? I I think you both are putting a lot more stock into their champions league campaigns city and liverpool respectively than they probably are not to say that they are not obviously concerned about like your point about city and them really only caring about the champions league um in the context of like their broader image and legacy valid but i think for pep it would be a lot worse if they gave up a nine point lead to Liverpool in the Premier League. I th- I think for him personally, he would he would actually leave at the end of the season if that happened. <laughs> I, I think there's a non-zero chance if, they, if he did that. But um I, I think I think to Rian's point, like they are very much locked into this game being like a very, very important game. Now, the thing that is interesting for me about both of these teams is beyond this game, we always, I mean, we talk about this game being a title decider, blah, 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 right? For me, it's interesting what points are dropped between now and the end of the season for both of these teams, because at some point I I feel like it's, I mean, I could bite my words as I did with city two years ago, but I feel like someone's going to drop points between now and the end of the season. I don't know who, but I feel like it'd be, I'd I'd be surprised if no one did. I keep thinking, I keep thinking about the fact that that city has to play Arsenal again um, this season. And as we remember that first, how that first game went, they were pretty lucky to get out of, get out of, um, the Emirates with the with a the win there, but it, right, it, it's it's but it's always hard to has, see. I think Liverpool still has uh, United and Spurs uh, as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Spurs. The Spurs game was also really a really tough one for Liverpool. So that's the, yeah. Oh, the referee was. Oh, <laughs> game should have been sent off. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna be sending this link to a couple of my friends from home, and this one, Pablo, this is for you, Spurs fan. <laughs> Harry Kane should have been sent off, and you know it. Don't tell me anything otherwise. I guess that's for Desmond too. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, that's brutal. But but I mean, Conte, he knows he knows how to set up uh, in those big games, and it, I feel like he Spurs is so inconsistent. And, but it feels like they find their rhythm right when those those uh, top six teams are coming in. 
Um, yeah. They're more comfortable when they don't have the ball, which happens with yeah, them, exactly. them a lot oh. when they play against these teams. All counterattack. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, I mean, who? it's, it's tough to say. I think Man City's only game that they should be concerned with is is Arsenal, but I I don't know. I have a feeling that I, I think Liverpool has a tougher run of games to close out the season. Um, though City does, so if things are like level at any at any point going into the last day, you know, City plays. I don't know who Aston Villa. Stevie G. Oh, oh my god. Oh could bring. Gosh. Oh my god. Could bring a title. Wow. Stevie G and Philip Coutinho could wow. bring a title. That to would be amazing. Yeah, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. I I I want I mean, I, I think it's gonna be pretty much that close anyway, but for that part of it, uh, <laughs> the story, I want I want I want us to go into that game and just have that as a possibility. Have, have that narrative going. Ooh, that'd be tremendous. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. But this weekend, I think I think it's gonna come down to, like you said, Rian, I think I think the midfield is gonna be key. Um, you know, I'm curious to to find out who they're gonna what midfield three they're gonna start. I I gotta think it's probably gonna be Henderson, um, Tiago and, and Fabinho. Uh, yeah. But but to be honest, I feel like the attacking the attacking players on Liverpool are much they're they're much more dangerous, much more dynamic. I mean, more goal dangerous. Goal right? dangerous. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but like, but then you get guys like Foden and, and De Bruyne, (laughs) like unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's one of the truly remarkable things about city being able to do what they've done this season with, without like an actual number nine at all. I mean, that's actually, that's a really good point that I I was, I I was going to talk about at some point, but if they had Holland on their team, he probably would have scored 40 goals this season. Like, <laughs> without Kane. a doubt. For yeah. sure. I mean, or, yeah, or Kane, Kane yeah. would have been, Kane still would have been a great fit. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah so. I, I've said this, I think I said this before in a, in a previous episode where I, was, I think Pep secretly loves that he has no number nines on this team <laughs> and he can just go full. Yeah full galaxy brain <laughs> with this team yeah. as much as possible this is yeah he's incredible <laughs> yeah. well this is a um last thing before we get you out of here predictions for the game at least I'll, you, you'll be next and I'll, I'll go last but <laughs> how are you what do you think what are you thinking this weekend for predictions huh mm-hmm. uh i predict uh, I'm going to be nervous. I predict, <laughs> um, uh, I predict my son is going to run around on a soccer field like a lunatic and <laughs> um, hopefully listen to his coaches a little bit. I'll predict that. Um, I'm really afraid to predict this game because I don't <laughs> want to jinx it, reverse jinx it. I don't want to do anything that could harm whatever's going on in the universe uh that has propelled liverpool to this point that's fair but for you guys i will say i want to i want something that's going to be entertaining for me even though it's going to scare 
the hell out of me <laughs> and also have something that's exciting for the neutral. So I'm going to say uh, a four, three Liverpool. Oh, love yeah. it. Love it. Even though, even though Liverpool hasn't given up, they, they've, their defensive records, like unbelievable. Yeah. Like these are, these are, <laughs> even though these are like two of the, two of the best. <laughs> the I, best know, I know. In Europe. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I, I think all that, all that goes out the window. I'm going to say four, three, four, three Liverpool victory. They leapfrog city. And then, uh, and then I'm just nervous <laughs> for the next six weeks. That is eight games of just clenching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Squeaky bum time as the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> British say. So, yeah. How about you guys? Uh, um, I am not nearly as bullish on the number of goals that you expect to come out of this game. I actually think this is going to be a, a very interesting game, but extremely, extremely lacking on goals just because of how I think how just tense both sides will be about the possibility of losing this game. I'm going with a one, one draw. It's a cop out, but I think it's actually the most likely outcome just because I think both, both sets of teams are the, the probability or the fallout of potentially like dropping three points from this is so much more catastrophic. And especially for city when they'll probably take a draw when everything is still in in their hands. Um, I'm not saying they'll play for one, but. That's why I think Klopp is just going to go. I mean, he's going to, he's just going to have everybody. Just nothing, nothing to hold back. Yeah. Everything at him. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, what's he, what's he got? To it's lose? a good, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, look, I'm, I'm with Ellie's in terms of, I'm scared that the teams that we're going to get to like the 60th minute and it's like tied one, one, and they're both kind of like, okay, I'll take this, <laughs> I'll yeah. take this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm scared about that. But, you make a great point. Like, in a way, Klopp and Liverpool should assume that City will win every single game for the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, and and Liverpool are still a point behind, and this could be their only chance to overtake them. But I, I, I think they should go into it thinking that way. Will they go into it thinking that way? I, I don't know if the coach is well, but I'm gonna say two one. And is that it? So you're just gonna say I know, two one? I know. I know. Put, don't put it. Yeah. I, <laughs> Come on. And then drop the mic. Um. Now. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say two one. Liverpool. Sound is I want out. this to keep. <laughs> I want to. I'm gonna say two. I'm gonna say two one Liverpool. Uh, because I want this. I. <laughs> because I want this to go down to the last day. And as Mr. Z said, I want the opportunity for Steven Gerrard to have a chance to give Liverpool a title. So um, for pure entertainer for the rest of the season, I'm going to say two on Liverpool. All right. All right. My heart's saying that. Okay. Your heart is saying that. Good. Good. Yeah. Now, <laughs> do you have any, is there any expected goal analytics to back up? Oh, uh, <laughs> I if, if I'm going that way, I I would fall into Elias's where I think there's going to be very, very little chances between two, the, both of the teams. Uh, <laughs> I, all right, get, really get your depends. numbers out of here then. Yeah. I, like, I, like, if, if I like when you go with your heart. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, I, if Liverpool can be pretty close in possession, like if it's close to 50-50, then, I, then this game is, is like a basketball game. 
Yeah. Because Liverpool's high line and you know, City are obviously just being fantastic in attack. Like, and if it's almost 50-50 in possession, and then I think we've got a really good chance of seeing three or four goals. Let's go. But, All right. And three or four goals all for Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Th- uh, three, <laughs> if it's three goals, it's two-one for Liverpool. Yeah. Four well, goals is three-one. Yeah. I appreciate you going with 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 your heart, with you know, with that emotion. That that stuff I understand. Get the numbers out of here. <laughs> go and go with the heart. That's what I get. All right. Fair Just enough. for you. Just for you. <laughs> awesome, fellas. Well, Mr. Z, thank you so much for coming on. We, of course, appreciate it. We will uh, periodically check on you during the game, just just sanity check. Um, but I'll as a neutral fun. in this, I, I, I'm just very excited for the game. So, Yeah. No, hey, uh, like I said at the start, always uh, a pleasure. It's an honor to be on with you guys. Uh, always a fun chat. Um, I'll have my phone on me. Um, I'll, do, I'll do my best. <laughs> to, to, to respond with speed hopefully no grammatical errors or too much cursing so it's just hope just hope you don't have like a heart attack <laughs> that's all i'm just hoping for that so yeah i will i'll try to i'll try to keep it to to a low level it's it's good that it's in the middle of the day and then i have i have an old man league game later on that day uh... You could, so, be, you could be fired up. You could be. Yeah, you could I be, yeah, you could be excited. Too, yeah, I can't get too excited. I got to save some energy. Save some <laughs> in the tank for, for, for old man league 11 v 11. Well, I have, I have faith. There's, there's a part of me that does have faith that I think you'll be pretty, pretty energized by, by that game later on Sunday. But I honestly don't even know with this game. That's yeah. why I'm going. I'm sitting on the fence, but. Fair enough. Anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week talking everything about this game and um, probably the fallout from it either way and uh, the rest of the Champions League second legs of the quarterfinals. So talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Mr. Z. Thank you, guys. Cheers.